Welcome to MLM.com podcast. Today, our guest is Daryl Gultzbacher. He is uh, from By Design Technologies. Daryl began his career at By Design Technologies as the director of technology. His strong work ethic and passion for continuous self-development led to increasing levels of responsibility and a promotion to, into the role of vice president of applications and platforms. His strategic leadership, innovation, and energetic contributions led to his appointment as president in 2015 and CEO in 2018. During his tenure over the past decade, Daryl has been integral to accelerated company growth along with By Design's international expansion. Daryl became passionate about the direct selling industry while working for a startup and scaling that company from zero to $70 million using the Freedom Platform. Today, Daryl and I talk about trends in the direct selling industry. We talk about uh, social commerce and e-commerce and their initiative at By Design for those e-commerce. We talk a little bit about COVID and some of the effects we've seen and we think still may be affecting the industry. We want to welcome Daryl to our podcast today. He's from By Design Technologies. Daryl, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to our chats. Great. Uh, so let's just start off with it's 2023, a brand new year. What trends have you been seeing in the direct selling industry? So I've seen a lot of shift over the last few years, really going into customer focus, right? Making it easier for the customer experience, building customer loyalty, um, customer referral rewards. All right. So how do you motivate customers to share. And I've seen that as, as a big evolution in the industry, specifically around if we go back to kind of the foundations of our industry, it, it's always really been around sharing products that you love. And I, I've seen over the years that that evolution where really, if we go back you know, long ago, it was always about cash and carrying and products that you, know, you would buy and then resell you know, person to person. With the rise in e-commerce you know, 15, 20 years ago, you know, most companies have moved to dropship. And what you've seen is that kind of that evolution of affiliates and influencers have become the norm over the past decade. And as that's evolved, I've seen it as really how does our industry leverage the best of what we do with you know building sales teams, being able to motivate you know, new affiliates with you know the more common you know influencers and affiliates. So that's really what I've seen is is how our industry is trying to adapt to the rise in you know kind of the standard affiliates and influencers while at the same time kind of leveraging the benefits and, and the experience that our industry has in growing sales teams and motivating sales. So that's the big focus I've seen companies trying to find the right answer to of how you take and bring a, you know, a customer referral program into an existing business. Um, and how does that tie to your existing you know, sales team compensation? And how do you model that? How do you you know, build those types of programs. And um, so that's been a big focus. I've seen a lot of companies trying to find the right answers there. And I think everybody's trying to find the way based on their products and their culture. Yeah, I think the customer programs is actually quite exciting. I, I sort of uh, blame uh, the case against Vima and Herbalife uh, for part partly for this uh, shift to customers. I think we were always about customers, but we signed everybody up as a distributor and thought some of them will act like distributors. 
and the rest of them will be customers, but we won't really call them that. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's uh, too simple of a, uh, an analysis. But I really like the shift to customer focus. I love uh, the wide variety of customer programs that are out there. I, I, I like to think we were one of the first customer programs when we started to do auto ship. I don't know. It's been 20, 25 years. Auto ship was really about you love this product. Let's get it to you every month. And I think that that's the oldest customer program we have. But yeah, so um, what about uh, compensation trends? Have you seen differences there? I, I think it really ties to what you mentioned, which is, you know, I think it, it's, it is a big point that, that the way our industry always worked was you know, everybody joined as a rep, right? Like that was always the way that it was when there's a large group of people that really just love the product and want to share it. They have no interest in building teams. And I think that's been one of the kind of fundamental things that we've really realized over the last you know, several years and decade is you really have to put people into the business in, in a way that, that they want to perceive, right? So if somebody doesn't want to build a sales team, shoehorning them in as, as a rep isn't the right way. And, and I, I'm with you, like the Beeman Herbalife has really pushed into the segmentation and making sure you segment to be in, you know, to avoid those types of issues. Um, but I think it's a more fundamental thing because as you said, like auto ships and customer programs and customer loyalty, that's been around for a long, long time. Um, but I think it's like how we frame our industry and how we kind of position ourselves for the future. And, I, I, and I, I'm with you. I mean, I think when you think about compensation trends, I think it all kind of ties to that purpose of how do you provide a progression path for somebody to go from you know, loving the product, sharing those rewards to becoming an affiliate? And what's going to motivate that? So we've seen, you know, companies do more with, you know, first line commissions or, uh, you know, affiliate commissions, right? Paying a higher percentage on that direct person to person sale. Um, we've seen companies really try to figure out those progression requirements to make it easier to then become, you know, from a, you know, earning some rewards to earning commissions to then building sales teams and making that journey logical and easy. Um, I think we've also seen... <clears throat> I've also seen a lot of focus on simplifying. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, in the past, you see a lot of plans that would come with, you know, 15 different ways to qualify and all these maintenance requirements and all of that. And that's really, that's really shifted a lot. I think people are really trying to focus on plans that people can understand. And I, I've seen that shift as well. Um, but it all kind of coalesces on this kind of simplification, customer focus, putting people in the right spots based on their journey. You know, I, I that umbrella. Yeah. I, yeah, I really, I want to hark back to the customer focus. I really like, some, there are some really exciting things by, uh, you know, sign up to customers, get your product free for distributors. There is uh, some real fun things actually that companies have picked up from other industries. And I think from influencers, like you said, like uh, giving them points for each product and then coupons or whatever. So I think there's been some exciting ways that distributors now can recruit customers that there haven't been in the past. And I agree with you. I think uh, companies are looking at that first level sale and how can they reward that first level sale at a higher level uh, and still, you know, have money left over to pay people who are mid-levels and people who are 
uh, true leaders in the company. So yeah, I think that I think you really hit on some compensation trends there too. Da- have you seen anything different you think in products or is it pretty much the same lotions and potions we've always said? I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, it's a lot of the same types of products. Um, we've, we've always seen companies try to try to do, you know, affiliate programs and other kinds of verticals. So, so, you know, we'll work sometimes with real estate, um, with, um, Met, you know, we have some in the past that do like medical stuff. But we've had some that do um, different financial services. So we've seen some that are kind of not really products that are kind of more unique. Um, yeah. But generally speaking, it, it is more of just the kind of standard lotions and potions and, and kind of product based on companies. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what I'm seeing as well is that the products send, tend to be the same, but we're seeing a shift in sort of marketing and customer programs and that compensation plan shift. Uh, I know that at By Design, you guys have got a e-commerce uh, initiative, so I'd love to talk about that next. Uh, what what are you doing with e social e-commerce and things that you think work or don't work? Yeah, so so one of the the big focus kind of in that whole spirit of, of you know the referral rewards and customer loyalty. There has been a lot of work on on how do you empower a customer to know what rewards they have to unlock, right? So that's been a big thing that we're even talking with our party companies about is, you know, what's the future of party? Um, what's the future of host rewards? You know, looking at host rewards as really a referral incentive to acquire new customers. Well, how do you put that more visible on the shopping cart, on the, right. the host that's sharing parties? And, and that's a lot of the focus that we're seeing now is how to make it easier for you know, that host or a customer to know what those referral rewards are and what she has to do to get to the next level. Um, we're seeing a lot of focus on unique ways to do loyalty or incentives. Um, we were partnering with one of our clients to launch a kind of points-based engine where you're able to kind of set up different customer loyalty or even consultant loyalty or, or productivity-based points rewards where you're able to earn points and then redeem them within our promotions um, so there's a lot of focus there as well of really kind of, again, how do, how do people see where they're at and then be able to leverage that to drive additional productivity? Um, so that's really been the big focus we've had is, again, that kind of visibility. Um, and then obviously e-commerce is evolving very, very quickly. So we're always looking to improve the shopping experience. And we just launched a, a new checkout flow um, for a handful of clients over the last six months. Um, we're working to adopt that on more and more clients. So. You know, there's just e-commerce is evolving very, very quickly. So I think we're yeah. all trying to find, you know, what what's the best best investment to get the best value to our customers. Yeah. So I really like that focus on how to help customers get rewarded. Right. It ties into what we see in the trend. Right. And e-commerce is about giving customer rewards. I think. Right. I get a reward for you know shopping a certain amount of money uh and and then i get a percentage back right all of those kind of customer rewards programs it doesn't even have to be a lot of money to get back to use a reward system i'm thinking costco here right i don't get a lot back Uh, i pay 120 dollars a year for costco uh, and I don't get a lot back. I don't get anything back from uh, Amazon. Uh, well, I get 
I get free shipping. But other than that, right? So it doesn't have to be a huge reward for this e-commerce system to work. Uh, I think people trust the e-commerce better, don't you? Uh, Totally, totally. Totally. And I think like when you talk about like different types of rewards, like one of the most common ones our customers brought to us over the years is Kohl's cash and like Kohl's cash. How everybody, you know, you, you make a purchase and you get this Kohl's cash, which gets you to come back. And I think that's kind of been that pattern that everybody's talking about is like, how do you issue credits to get somebody to come back and right. then being able to issue credits for certain products or, but I'm with you. Like it doesn't necessarily require a huge investment, but it's, and I think it's also like, learning from these adjacent verticals, right? Seeing what other people in commerce are doing. I think in our industry, it's been very kind of, we're doing things our own way. When I think there's a lot to be learned when you look at, you know, Kohl's or or other traditional e-commerce with affiliated influencers, you know, what are the things that they're doing that we can implement within our businesses? And how does that, you know, what are the synergies between, you know, affiliated influencer with sales teams and how do you best combine those? I think that's, that's really the big focus everybody has. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, um, you know, you kind of can think about those uh, influencers as sort of for all the way from nano, which is like 100 followers to millions of followers, right? There's this wide range of uh, influencers. And I think it's interesting to think about how direct selling can kind of um, nudge their way into that, right? I think it, it, I think it's been a little bit scary and I don't think it's been as as used as it could be. I think we're right on the cusp of that. I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I feel like we're we're not exactly there yet, but we're close on e-commerce. Uh, I think so too. I mean, I, my wife, um, she follows many, many influencers and a lot of the influ- influencers she follows are in traditional direct selling businesses and they promote um, you know products like Drive Life or, um, you know, Red Aspen or other products such as that. And, and and these are like standard, you know, standalone influencers, right? Like, you know, maybe not the hugest in the world, but like in a decent size influencers. Um, and in talking to owners, like one of the big things people talk about is, you know, as an, an affiliate, you know, with Amazon or these other stores, like you're not going to make a whole lot of money. Like you're not going to, a standard person isn't going to become an affiliate and retire on that. Whereas with a direct sales model, if you can combine that where you build a team of affiliates, right? You bring on more, you know, you're, you're bringing on affiliates. You, you have the opportunity to actually earn you know, something that can really truly supplement your income. And I think that's part of the conversation too, is how do you incentivize affiliates enough that it's, that it's motivating, right? And then how do you incentivize them to become sales members, sale, to grow sales teams if that's something they want to do? Um, yeah. Yeah, I always say you, you have to get them to about 300 to $500 a month uh, to get them to stick. And yep. the, the trick is how do you get that right where is the balance between that like we said that first level reward and the reward for people that they've brought in uh you mentioned red aspen i think red aspen is an interesting case study they started out uh using facebook and uh, and uh facebook uh, live their treehouse is all an e-commerce model so the people they brought in started out with e-commerce as a methodology and they just have really i don't know i've been impressed with what they've done uh in their model of e-commerce i don't know that their compensation is unique i think it's a pretty standard compensation plan but they've really sort of focused in on the marketing part and how to get the marketing part to work through e-commerce 
I think it's I think it's good. You're you're exactly right. I mean, I, I think that's I think that's the key, right? Is if you focus on that that first, right? Of like, what is that customer? You know, how do you have loyal customers, right? How do you get customers to love your product, right? That's that's even beyond the technology. But right. getting loyal customers and building the rewards into that and building that true e-commerce experience. And then, yeah, then building on how do you promote sales teams and that. But I agree. I think they've done a great job with that as well. And I think that's the, I think that's what a lot of, I think that that's at least what I've seen is, is a lot of the companies that have been more established. I think that's where the struggle comes in. Of how do you, you know, you already have your budgets allocated to, you know, your compensation and your existing kind of value chain. How do you now implement, you know, these loyalty programs and the affiliate programs and influencer programs? And I see that as a struggle a lot of companies are trying to figure out. Um, is that kind of what you see as well, or how do you see that? Well, I was just thinking, you know, one of the ways that you can do customer programs is to reward people with product, free product, not a percent off or an amount off, but that if they get enough um, points, they get a unique product or, you know, a product that can't be purchased or uh there's just a product of the month and if you happen to get enough points because that is a way you often can reward in a much cheaper way uh than if you have to pay like a five dollars off card sort of uh system anyway that's one that i've seen that i like i like melaleuca i don't know if you've seen what they've done but they have done a ton of things uh that that reward the customer if if you watch a video about their products, they give you points. And I thought, that is the smartest thing I've ever heard. Because, one, they're going to learn about a new product and potentially buy that new product, and you're going to give them points for watching the video. So, I mean, of course, you can never tell if someone's actually watched a video. You can tell if it's <laughs> been played. <laughs> but I think I think – They've done some really fun things that you just get all points for all kinds of things that I wouldn't have thought of. Anyway, if, if somebody's looking at a customer program, they should look at Melaluca. They've done some interesting things there. And to that point, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, that, that's, that's been something I've seen become more and more common where you have like, um, we've watched some recent clients that are based on Shopify. And, and that's, there's incentive programs that are built into Shopify with plugins to do those exact kinds of things. And even will say, okay, if I like a post, if I share a post, right. if I submit my email address on my birthday, it triggers in incentives and discounts. And I think even to that point that you mentioned about, it doesn't have to cost a lot. Like I've seen VIP loyalty programs where it's, you get benefits, right? Like you get, um, you know, you get early release of products, you get invited to a, a founder's call, you're part of a group on Facebook, right? Like there's, there's additional benefits that's like having kind of that exclusivity, right? Where, by being part of that group, you get some benefits. Um, so I've seen that with some of the VIP programs or, you know, when you join, you, you get these other benefits as a customer, including like free shipping. And um, so I agree. I think there's ways to do it. I mean, even thinking about from a budget perspective, if you issue product credits, you you know, issuing product credits at least requires a repurchase, right? And right. if you can restrict product credits not to be for tax and shipping, you know, it goes to kind of that same thing where you can reduce your cost of those rewards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's just, I, you hit on some I had forgotten about. There are some really creative ways to get people engaged. That's the word, right? That's the word we all are um, following or trying to get to, right? This podcast, how do you get people engaged on the podcast? That's that's the key, right? And those other ways like liking a post or sharing your email or your birth date, like you say, uh, are all ways to get people to interact 
And interaction solidifies relationships. That's how all relationships are built is through talk or connection, some sort of connection with another person. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's very good. Um, I, I, I have been for the last couple of years talking about what I call the COVID effect. How, how do you feel about going to that as our next topic? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. What, what have you seen when you say COVID? Yeah, what's your perspective on that? Well, so I remember March 2020 quite vividly because um, <laughs> uh, companies were in a total panic, just total panic. And uh, I remember the DSA was saying things like, we hope we can stay even, right? We hope we don't lose a lot. Uh, and companies on, on podcasts for DSA were saying they've got supply chain issues. Uh, they, you know... Uh, party plan companies are saying how in the heck are we going to do a party if we can't be in person right so there was some real panic uh i saw in the industry in that march april and then what was fascinating is companies by and large did better did better right so we had uh, just tons of companies that did went up by five percent but we had other companies that went through the roof and the old companies that were already doing e-commerce, like we, like we talked about, um, they seemed to really uh, shift from live to Zoom meetings or some other, you know, web-based meeting tool. And they seemed to make that shift quite easily. I was surprised. I guess we were all so hungry for interaction, we were willing to do it on Zoom, <laughs> even though now we all hate Zoom. <laughs> exactly what you mean. So I saw that, right, that 2020 had uh, sort of this, I don't know, magical, I think people were worried about their finances. And so they were picking up a second gig uh or another gig maybe they already had a second gig and they picked up a third gig uh and so i think that's why 2020 did okay and even into 2021 but 2022 i i think people i think companies are losing don't you now and i'm not i'm not exactly sure i think it's still related to sort of the bust boon and bust sort of thing that happened with covid i don't know what do you think that, that you're that's exactly what i've seen too like i i think we were all really concerned right and you know march april like uncertainty all of that and we saw the same thing like clients either people that were ready and, and had a solid system and solid infrastructure and were ready i mean they saw crazy growth like ridiculous growth numbers um we also saw some of the companies that weren't as established right that was kind of the the nail in the coffin i guess where it just kind of pushed them over the edge um so we saw some failures some early in COVID and kind of throughout that year. We also saw it differently internationally. Um, depending on the markets, there were a lot more lockdowns in certain markets. So we had some clients in India that had much more difficult challenges. Um, and again, depending on those markets. Um, we, we've we seen, and again, during a time, a lot of supply chain issues as well. You know, that was a common kind of theme talking to clients over the last couple of years is difficulty getting products, difficulty getting bottles, having to overbuy. Um, what, and in, in, as of you, like I've seen that shift from party where everybody kind of immediately went, you know, it was kind of that the catalyst people needed to move to using Zooms from a field perspective as well. Um, I was talking to, to one um, one of our clients, CIOs, and he was talking about prior to, to Zoom, 
you know, in one of their market or sorry, prior to COVID in one of their markets, one of their largest markets, people were against using Zoom. Right. But as soon as COVID hit, they started using Zoom and they had great results with it. So it was interesting because it kind of pushed a lot of companies over that edge, pushed the field over the edge to use it. Um, but it does seem like it's kind of become a bit more wearing now where it's yeah. kind of that, that push to get back in person. And right. that's where, you know, at this last DSA event, I was sitting at a round table talking to owners of a number of party companies. And that's kind of the struggle I think everybody's trying to figure out is you know, people don't really want to go to in-person events unless there's some appeal. So, right. you know, just to go and like pitch some products that people aren't wanting to go to go to that. So I think it has forced more creativity as well of, you know, what type of event? Is it something that's going to get some education or get some value out of the event beyond just, you know, get, getting sold to, right? Right. Um, you know, so we have companies that do, do crafting, right? Doing a craft night and being able to do crafting as part of that. And it's, it's more of an experience versus just a sales pitch. So I, I think that's probably better anyway, right? I mean, people are yeah. going it for value. Um, but I've seen the same thing as well this last year is, is I've seen a lot of companies that, you know, they don't even compare to 2021, right? Like 2021, I think for a lot of companies was a record year, right? 2020 really set the stage for 2021. Um, and then going into the beginning of 2022, like we, we saw the same thing, just a lot of, a lot of companies struggling, um, just not having the growth. Um, I think a lot of companies invested in growth based on the assumption that 2021 was going to continue. I think um, there's been some, some challenges with that this year. Um, now coming into this next year, like, if, you know, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about the future with this. Um, but it was a difficult year last year for a lot of companies, at least from what I've seen as well. Yeah, I'm fa- I, I still can't believe Herbalife said this but they published a news article that said the people who came in during 2020 weren't worth as much i don't know exactly how they defined that but they were a different breed right that traditional people who have done network marketing direct sales uh produce more than people who panicked and thought okay i'll pick up a direct sales gig uh, they didn't know quite how to do it. And I think that's a challenge for companies, not a challenge about those people. I think companies need to realize that who's coming to them now through e-commerce or because the economy's bad uh, may need more support, more training than you've done in the past. That's sort of how I see it. You're exactly, you're exactly right. I, I think the companies that I've seen that had a lot of good success during COVID had that part figured out where when when somebody joins joins like at each stage of their journey they should have you know exactly what they need to do what you know all the training everything they need at each stage and i think the companies that have prioritized that and done a good job of that have definitely gotten benefits from it um but i I saw the same thing from herbalife and i've seen it from others as well where it's i think it's that perception you know we i think i think it's also what are the expectations too, right? I mean, it's like back in 2020, 2021, just join and make, you know, make a million dollars and to share the product online and you don't have to do any real work. And yeah. I think you know, yeah. the reality is there's, it's hard work to do this stuff. So I think that's, that's, um, that's a big part of it as well. Yeah, I like that you said that. I think people um, do have expectations that it will be easy to do direct selling, but I don't, I don't do it because it's not easy. <laughs> you know? Uh <laughs> I think so, that ties into the segmentation too, right? Like if somebody comes in and they love the product, like let's not push them to be a, a, a rep, right? Like just because they love the product doesn't mean they're going to go and recruit other reps. So I think it's like that. I think it's a combination of that, of, you know, expectations, but at the same time, like 
proper progressions and proper expectations around that, and they would, do, would go a long ways to help mitigate some of this. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's fantastic. So I, uh, I want to give you a chance to talk about software. That's what you do. You guys run uh, have a commission engine, and you you have a front end too, don't you? As well as a back end for distributors. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, our core, I mean, we've been in business now 22 years um, and, and we've launched nearly a thousand companies on our platform and we've seen probably three or 4,000 different compensation plans we've implemented over the years. So genealogy and commission is our core, right? Like it, it's all about person to person relationship marketing, something that ties that person to person component is really where we focus on. And that's been the core, but, but in order to enable that, you know, we, we do have, you know, e-commerce, right? So there's a turnkey e-commerce system built into it. Um, we have our consulting portal, which really the consulting portal and our back office are really tightly coupled where you can take some of this great genealogy, commissions data, the KPIs we calculate about Salesforce productivity or team productivity and display it right at their fingertips. Yeah. Um, so right on their in their back office, trigger alerts or motivation or kind of journey based onboarding and kind of, you know, how close am I to the next level? What do I need to do to get there? Right. So that's been a lot of the focus we've had is around how to really tightly couple back commissions and KPIs and those calculations with what's meaning for, meaningful for the Salesforce. Because that's one of the pain points that I've seen over the years is if the Salesforce can't get the information they need, you know, if their back office doesn't provide you know, the KPIs, the insights, you know, they're, they're dead in the water, right? If they're having to spend a ton of time you know, printing reports or going through all this extra legwork, you know, they're not focusing on building the business or you know, bringing on new customers. Right. So that's been a big focus, right? It's kind of making it easy for the consultants, tying that together. We, yeah. when we talk about e-commerce though, commerce is an area that we've kind of tied into our platform. We've you know gone through iterations over the years, but we're even looking at it and saying, you know, we've done some integrations with Shopify, with WooCommerce, with Magento. Um, so we look at commerce as kind of one of those necessary components that kind of again ties into some of this, you know, host reward redemption and loyalty and all of that. But we're also looking at the future of you know, Shopify is that 800 pound gorilla with e-commerce, you know, we got to connect to that, right? So that's been some of the work over the last few years of launching a handful of clients that are using Shopify, kind of our core back back in for genealogy commissions um, and all that tracking. But that's really been a big focus for us is to really kind of, you know, kind of phrase of you know, state where the puck is going. Like that's what we're trying to figure out with, you know, the evolution of party, the evolution of loyalty rewards. Um, and that's where we kind of see this fall under that umbrella of like social commerce, where yeah. you know, yeah. direct sales, of, we were the original social commerce. And then you know, that kind of comes into all of those components under that umbrella, right? Of, you know, loyalty programs and referral rewards and affiliate and sales team and, and kind of that cohesive model. And I think that's really been our big focus is how do we help clients build that cohesive model based on their specific products, their culture, their business. Um, so yeah. that's what I'm excited for. Now, that's really what we've been focused on from a technology perspective to really kind of align that and make sure we can enable enable the business models our clients need to need to pivot to or need to move to. Yeah, yeah. I think I think being flexible as a commission engine is is key to today, right? There's just so much competition out there, and companies want to pick and choose uh, what they use, and you know, just have to figure that out, right? Just have to. I want exactly. to thank you, Daryl. This has been a wonderful, well, I think we've been chatting for 30 minutes and I didn't even pay attention. So I, <laughs> uh, uh, I want to thank you and uh, best of luck to you in 2023. Well, thank you as well. I enjoyed the conversation. You take care. Good luck to you as well. Thanks for joining us at the MLM.com podcast. 
Thanks to Leroy for his audio help. As always, he makes me sound good. This has been the MLM.com podcast, bringing you information and insight into the direct sales industry. Join us again next time.